Um, you mm. know, we all take days when we're sick. Mm -hmm. For our kids who are challenging with mental health, it's okay to take a mental health day. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome. Okay. Hi. Hi, everybody. I've probably said this before about a different song. Okay. Producer James, that's a perfect intro. Like, if I had to pick one intro to our podcast, it would be <laughs> that one. Because it's not, it's not silly. It's not silly. But it's positive and happy. It and, is happy. And, and parenting. You like happy. I, well, I you do. You like happy I do music. like happy. <laughs> I'm an Enneagram 7, if anybody pays any attention to that stuff. Yeah. You know, you take all that stuff with a grain of salt, right? But... The experience the, the of the as, music but, makes but, you feel yeah, good. The aspect of being an Enneagram 7 is there's no bad days. Yeah, only, yeah. only happy things. And so that's why a song like that. And you'll try everything at least I'll once. I'll try everything at least once. <laughs> oh, gracious. Producer James in the house for episode three. Yeah. Our third episode without producer Chris. I know. We miss producer we Chris. Do. We, we do. We appreciate him so much. And we're thankful for producer James, who's Filling also a in. pastor. Pastor, producer. Yes. Podcast the guru. P yes. P James. James, I'd like to apologize on behalf of, of my guest. I'm going to do some severe editing. Yes, you're going to have to. He does have the power. But everybody, thanks as always. Kurt Johnston, Grace Yoon on Purpose Parents Podcast, where we try to give a little hope and help, some practical ideas. We want our podcast to be super duper practical and have you walk away with some, maybe some tangible action steps, but we try not to be overly prescriptive mm -hmm. because everybody's journey is different. Mm -hmm. um, and this is our third episode on a subject that is hard to be prescriptive and we don't want to be prescriptive when we're talking about mental health with our kids because as Amy said last episode, if you've met one child with mental health challenges, you've met one child mm -hmm. with mental, and there is no prescriptive way to deal with all this because every, everything is so nuanced and there's so much variety in our children. And then when we add to that children who have some mental health diagnoses, diagnoses, mm. diagno is that the right word? That's plural. But, I think okay. so. Yeah. Diagnosis. 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 Is that it? Thank you, producer James. <laughs> producer James. Pulling through. He's earning his paycheck. <laughs> Thank you. What was it again? Diagnosis. <laughs> Diagnosis. Thank you. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can tell I'm an Enneagram seven because I'm joking around <laughs> a serious conversation that we're having about. But you know about, what? You gotta have you gotta have you, humor Amy. in it. Thank you. You have Amy. to. Yeah. So as we wrap up this this series, this conversation, um, we just wanted to to kind of bring it home with a couple yeah. of questions for you, Amy. And and here's the thing: we know that even in three episodes, we have not we have not touched every topic. Um, which is why we're happy that Amy's willing to give out her email address, amyk at saddleback.com. If you're a parent or you're a friend mm -hmm. and you go, I just, I have some specific questions. I need some very practical, tangible help. Email Amy with a more specific situation or question yeah, and she'll, she'll point you. If she doesn't know how to help you, she'll point you to people who can. Um, but we hope yeah. that this, this little series has been encouraging. Um, maybe you've learned a little bit. Maybe maybe we've just served to help parents go, okay, I'm going to get through this. Mm -hmm. You're it's, not alone. it's challenging. I'm not alone. I'm going to get through it. And here's, here's a, a little bit of practical help. Yeah. Um, exactly. Specifically email Amy K and she will send you a link to how many, how many of those videos do we have? 
Well, we have broken down into like, we have our ones that are truly just mental health and then we have some tough stuff ones, but I think mm-hmm. we have over 30 and we have them, but we also, all the mental health ones are actually on YouTube also under our, our parenting, our Sawback Parents um, website. website yeah. Okay. Um, so all those, um, we have those videos there as yeah, well. There you go. And, and those awesome. are very, very highly pragmatic, highly practical. So yeah, very, very yep. helpful. Yeah, okay. Let's jump into our time. Sure. Yeah. And one of the things you talked about last week, last episode, Amy, was that we were talking about the question of self-care and you mentioned that it's really important that parents don't isolate and they stay within community but sometimes being in community with a child with mental health challenges can be a challenge because not everybody understands what you're going through you might even not really be understanding what you're going through and and creating that supportive environment for yourself as a parent, but also your child is can be a, a tricky thing that our parents are navigating through. So could you share maybe some practical tips or effective strategies of how you can educate your friends or your kids' friends or teachers or community members about childhood mental health? And and how do you even start having these conversations um, I think it starts just by being honest. I think as a whole, we tend to put on a pretty face and like everything's great. And so I think sometimes is um, letting people in. Um, I am the worst at asking for help. Um, mm. If anyone who knows me here at church, they all will attest for that. And so I think it's, you know, again, like a self-care, being willing to go out there and just share with, you know, you may be sharing with friends and, you know, sit down and be like, hey, I just want to share with you that these are some challenges, things I'm going through. And um, there may be times that I may cancel on you last minute, or there may be times that I don't return a text, Mm. or maybe when you call, I don't call back for a week and whatever it is, but let them know, like, these are some things I'm going through and, and to, to be real. And I think that's hard. On the flip side of school, because I think the school is a really important one to talk about, is that I think so often as parents, we think that that doesn't have a place in school. Like school is only Mm. if you have a learning disability or if you, you know, have even a physical impairment like that. But um, having... um, having help at school when you have a mental health thing is very important. Something our parents can do is, um, if people are aware is for individuals who have disabilities, they have something called a 504 plan. But for a lot of time for the more on the mental health side, there's something called, um, there's, sorry, it's IEP. If you have more of the true disabilities, the 504 plan is for mental health. Mm. And so my son who struggles with mental health, he had a 504 plan. And what a 504 plan is, is we're, the IEP for individuals with disabilities is really goal setting. The mm-hmm. 504 is more about um, creating some dynamics of some um, how we can do things a little differently. And so for mm-hmm. like my son, he got to have two extra days on homework. And so in his 504, it said he got two extra days on homework. So when he came home and was extremely distraught and having a difficult day and his anxiety was through the roof, we could say, you know what, we're just going to put a hold on this and we're going to go do something else. And we're not going to worry about it because we got two two days. And so his teachers knew that. Um, he could have extra time on a test. If tests were mm-hmm. like brought up all this anxiety in him or whatever, he could have extra time to finish a test. It wasn't like you have to do it before class is over. He could come back at, at lunch or whatever. And so 504s are really important in engaging with what your teachers. And so um, any parent can get it. They mm-hmm. just talk to the school and say, we want to look at getting a 504 for our son. They and then do- a, f- 
a 504 is uniquely created and crafted for your child, child specifically okay. for your child and so um you know my son got an extra set of books so he could have a mm. books at school and books at home because he would freak out if he forgot a book mm. and then he couldn't do his homework and then mm. so it set off you know it set off his things is yeah. that true in every state or is that a california thing um no i believe it's nationally yeah so it's a national thing so that you can get 504s and so it's across the board and so you can go to different states they may not call it 504 maybe mm. but there is accommodations that's that's the word i was looking and for accommodations would, and they would go to the they would just go to the principal mm -hmm. the, the administrative office go to the at the school, school and or, the school okay. psychologist would help yeah. them through it and that you would ask you do need, have need to have a, a set diagnosis you can't go oh i think oh, my child has this so they right. need to have that di a diagnosis right. um a lot of it is adhd but it doesn't mean it can't be something else yeah. like my son was always late for school mm -hmm. and it and it, it was because he has ocd and so he always had to make sure the lights were turned off mm -hmm. he had to make sure the doors were locked and so they gave him accommodations for being late i mean yeah there's just certain mm. things now and so those those are really important so i think being able to um advocate for your child mm. and i think as you're for those who have children that are a little bit older is 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 when you're advocating teaching your child what it looks like to be an advocate and so it means like hey so I'm, I'm going to be doing this with your teacher, but I need you to do this. So I'm going to go talk to your teacher and let them know that we had a difficult night or whatever, but I need you to ask them how to do this, this, this assignment because I can't, you know, you need to go and find out how mm. to do this. And so really teaching our children what advocating looks like for themselves, because, um, you mm. know, some kids may be embarrassed. Some mm. kids don't want to, some kids rely completely on our parents. And so I think the greatest thing we can do is as we're advocating for our children is teaching our children what it looks like to advocate for themselves. Because mm -hmm. my son's now in college and I can't go talk to his teacher. Right. I can't right. go talk to his professor. Right. He has to go talk to his professor. Right. And so the greatest thing we can do is is empower our kids to be able to empower themselves. Right. Mm, Which good. is, again, parenting 101, <laughs> right? I mean, right. we would say that about any parent raising a child is, look, I can't fight every battle for you. Right. I can't speak up for every need. I, I'm not with you 24-7. You've got, we've got to help you learn to advocate for yourself. It just looks a little bit different and is probably safe to say in a lot of ways more important that we're thinking that through with with our children who are navigating some mental health challenges. Right. To really um, empower them, especially when there may not be like other kids or students or friends asking for the same kind of clarification or help that it really, you do need that encouragement that it's okay. Ultimately it's kind of like what you were saying. It's not, it's not bad. It's just, you may need help in a different way yeah. and you can ask for that help in a different way. Like I didn't understand it when you just zip through it like 10 right. minutes for the lesson for everybody else. Maybe I need it explain to me a little bit more right. methodical or whatever the the need might be but to just enter that mindset that it's okay to learn things differently too and to to process things differently and to ask for that help and you know it's okay to take mental health days um you mm -hmm. know we all take days when we're sick mm -hmm. for our kids who are challenging with mental health it's okay to take a mental health day you right. know we're going to take a day and you know there were days that i would drive up i literally would drive my son to school and he would be out of his mind for the day and really struggling and i would just say do we need to take a mental health day and he'd be like yep and i'd be like okay here we go off we go and we go back home and so again like we talked about before we have to look at not abusing those things right. Right. um but having some time to do that um also you know um you were asking like, I think it's okay to set up our family of things we can and can't talk about with our, with our, with our, 
um, student or child who has a dis um, mental, excuse me. And so equipping our family members, equipping our friends that, you know, there may be things that are sensitive for them mm. to talk about. Right. Because, you know, we're not going to talk about, you know, unfortunately in this day and age, we have individuals who um, have suicidal ideations. And so um, it may be comfortable for us to talk to our child about it. And it's important for that to be comfortable, but it may not be something comfortable for someone else. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, we also want to be aware that if a child who has suicidal ideations maybe spends a night at a grandparent's house, we want that house to be mm -hmm. safe. Mm -hmm. So it's okay. Like it's okay to sit down and equip our, our, our family members, our friends of how we engage with our child. But at the same time, we want our child to still be just a child mm. right. and so have those things. And so, but I think um, there, there are a lot of different ways we can go about it, but I think as much to make them feel typical and, and, and quote unquote normal, but at the same time, there may be some sensitivities that they may have around what's going on in their lives. Yeah. I have a, a quick follow-up question on the, the five or four plans you were saying, does that go all the way through like senior year? Yeah. Like, so, so it, does it change each year then? Does it get refreshed? So, yeah. So it's every year, every year, um, once a year you get together, you'll have a certain date um, that when it starts and that'll be. So if you go in, say, third grade and you get two months in and you're like, oh, my, my child really needs something, that'll be your date going forward. Okay. And so you'll go in um, every year. You'll meet um, with the school psychologist here in California. I'll, I'll clarify, James, I'm not 100% sure in other states, but here in California, meet with a school psychologist. And then the teachers are, are uh, invited as well. Sometimes mm -hmm. they come, sometimes they don't. And you sit down together and you come up with accommodations oh. of things. Um, my mm -hmm. son, being sensory, he was allowed to like raise his hand and say, I'll be right back. And he could walk around the classroom. Mm -hmm. Because if you think about it, so much of what we do in school is sitting and we sit mm. and we sit and then we go and recess and then we sit and we sit and for a lot of our kids that's too much and so yeah, he could have like a sensory break and so he could get up and move around and so um for our some of our students they have a difficult time writing writing may be really difficult where they're more verbal processors and so he could answer questions and i was the one who'd write or type it out oh. and so i was allowed to do it and so there's you know a multitude of accommodations that can be set for hmm. um, individuals with the 504 plan and so those that that was the greatest thing. And so, yeah, every year and then they, you'd have triannuals every three years, you'd have a bigger one. Okay. Um, and then once they turn 18, you're not invited. And so my son turned 18 when he was a senior. So I wasn't invited. He allowed me to come. Um, but he, your child doesn't have to have you there at 18. Oh, interesting. And then um, they do actually look at 504 plans. You can move them on to the school. And those are, there are accommodations that um, each school in college. So my son's in college and he does have some accommodations that he can um, do in college as well. So there are some things. Um, that can continue. Yeah, they continue mm -hmm. on, but they don't look at that exact one. They do look at like, oh, you did have a 504 or an IEP. And so it can continue on. Wow. That's awesome. That's that awesome. Really um, we kind of stumbled upon a little bit of a conversation before we start recording, I thought, ooh, let's maybe touch on that for a minute if we kind of wrap up this whole conversation. And we were talking a little bit with producer James and, and you, Amy, about the role of popular culture and media mm -hmm. and the influence that it has on this conversation and how do we help our kids navigate all of that. 
Yeah, it's it's so individualized, and um, I'm sure all of us can attest that we know some kids who are in third grade with a cell phone and are on social media, and then we know some people who are juniors in high school, and their parents have still told them they can't mm-hmm. be on social media. And right. so um, I would love, I mean, I'll be really honest, I would love to say this is what you do, but I mean, it has to be what works for your family. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely think, um, you know, social media can be really scary nowadays and what's out there and what's happening. And so I think it's okay to have conversations about it, to be open, to, um, you know, know that at any time I can pick up your phone and look on your phone for us, for us, that's worked for my family. Um, because otherwise I'm not aware. And, um, as we know, Snapchat is out there and, and things that they write can disappear. And, um, we know that there's, you know, there's goods and bads and everything. Yeah. Um, would it be, is it safe to say that there's like a, a plus and a minus a yin and a yang, whatever the two sides of the coin, whatever you want to, of the fact that on the one hand, the media and society and our culture and celebrities talking more about and normalizing mental health challenges and their own struggles and their own diagnoses, um, is been really good because it has made it more normalized. Less stigma. It's more less stigma. Then the flip side is if we're not careful, and maybe maybe this is accurate, maybe it's not. It almost can become uh, tr- not trendy, but teenagers maybe are. It's quick to they're quick to say, oh, they they self diagnose. There could be a lot of misinformation. Misinformation. Right? Um, th- they can in some ways leverage, Hey, my friend has a five Oh four. And so I'm going to say that I've got OCD too, because I want to be able to whatever the accommodation has been made for their friend. And so is there good and bad and help parents briefly navigate like the positives of it being more normalized and more a part of our cultural norm and maybe some of the downsides to that if we're not careful because information's everywhere yeah. self-diagnosis can be everywhere every there's blogs everywhere there's tiktoks everywhere there's celebrities yeah. right and well specifically producer james was saying before the podcast started is that there might be a trend or that there was a trend on like tiktok too where being diagnosed adhd was like a cool thing or could be seen as a trendy thing and so you might have kids that are looking at these tiktok videos and then saying why well, I, I think I have ADHD. And then what do you do if your child comes which, to you and says, I saw this TikTok and I have this. And which, by the way, could be a positive. Right. Because it could. It, it's yeah. possible that that's the first time that that, they that can teenager relate. could relate and go, oh, that's me. I've always wondered. So there's there's. A, yeah, how do you navigate yeah, how do you that? Navigate it's very complex. That? Well, I think. Teach us, Amy. Yeah. <laughs> Give us your wisdom. <laughs> you know, I think. If anyone's ever had a, a teenager, specifically teenagers, and also I'm younger, um, our tweens, is they want to fit in. Yeah. Mm. And so if everyone's getting a diagnosis, we want to get a diagnosis mm. also. And I know that sounds really silly, but the reality is, is our, our teenagers don't look at it as like, I think, to go back, I think my son would laugh at people wanting to get a diagnosis because he has them. And he would be like, I wouldn't, right, right. I wouldn't, you know, give anyone the things I have to struggle with. Right. But the reality is, is you get a little more attention. I think that I think ultimately, if you have a child who self-diagnosis mm-hmm. and it's like that, you don't want to take um, you don't want to take it lightly. 
I think you, you really want to sit down and discuss it and, and say, well, why do you think that? Where mm. Where is this information coming from? Mm. Um, you know, how does that fit into your life? Like, get a chance. And then I think you need to go to a medical professional mm. and say, you know what, if that's something you're really seeing, then I think we need to get someone outside mm. our family, outside of um, our circle of friends um, to see if that's true. Right. And there really are, you know, and to go see a, your, you know, your general practitioner, to go see um, a licensed therapist, whatever it is, and to see if that does fit for them. Um, and so that way you're getting the truest of diagnosis because um, one some individuals with ADHD may need, may need meds and we don't want to self-medicate someone who we don't, I mean, granted they're not going, you can't get meds and just pick them up, but you don't want to self-medicate. And so I think there really um, is having those conversations. Mm -hmm. Again, we'll go back to parenting 101 mm -hmm. is, is having that conversation, you know, what would it look like if you did have ADHD? Yep. You know, um, asking, you know, asking some of those questions. So, you know, um, you know, what made you think that you possibly had ADHD? Mm, Asking right. those mm -hmm. questions and really, again, the open-ended, not the yes and no's, where they really have to share and and do that and say, how would it feel if you had it? Yeah. You know, would you feel like that that made you feel like you you finally realized what's going on, yeah. or is it are you is that because maybe you know your friend Mary got diagnosis and mm. does that seem like that would be something that fit for you? Or right. just really having those conversations, mm. but ultimately finding a medical professional that can yeah. could truly get yeah. that diagnosis. Yeah, that's good. That's really good. Yeah. Well, man, as we wrap up this this series, Amy, thank you so much for for joining us. Thanks for having um, me. Thank you so my, so my much. mind is just full of like little mm -hmm. as we wrap it up and go. Okay, what are just a few practical highlights that we might remind parents. And so you guys can chime in, but a couple that hop out is mm -hmm. the, re the reminder that um, for those of us who are followers of Jesus, a weakness is a witness. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Like God, God can use our challenges to point people to him. Mm -hmm. And that, you know, in the Bible says in our weaknesses, he is strong. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so it's our weakness can be a witness just because I'm different. Doesn't mean I'm defect yes. defective. Um, your limitations don't have to limit you. Mm -hmm. Ask for help. Mm -hmm. There are resources. Yes. There are resources right. out there that you may not be aware of. The 504, for instance, you right. know, for us, obviously yeah. we don't, but there, there's stuff out there that maybe you've, you think you've exhausted your resources, but ask again, yeah. ask somebody different. Um, I think also to, one thing to chime in and we haven't talked about it all is, you haven't done anything wrong. Parents, you haven't mm. done wow, something wrong. Right. I think we we look at it and, th and we want to say, like, what did we do wrong? Do yeah. we do we, we want to think first we go, what did we eat while we were pregnant? We do all these mm. things. Mm. Um, and or did we do this when they were a child? Do we not coddle enough? Oh, do we yeah. call right. too much? Do we do and we do all this this what ifs? And the reality is is we know that mental health hasn't as a as a whole has nothing to do with what we've done. Mm. Right. Um, the reality is it's who who these children are. Right. And so when we mm. can get to that place and like you know what this is who That's they good. are and That's i'm going to come in and and, yeah. and help them there and and make it not about me because i think right. we can mm. do that sometimes yeah, yeah. well that's, that's a, really that's, that's that's a good one to end there you on go. everybody thanks so much for listening email amy kendall amy k at saddleback.com if you'd like to get some more specific insights and help and encouragement you can watch our last episode right here somewhere you can subscribe down here. I'm just pointing it. I'm just pointing where producer Chris has told me to point. I think it was here and here. So thanks for joining us. And our next episode will drop again next Wednesday, as they always do. Yep. Like, subscribe, share it with a friend. 
We sure do appreciate all of you. Thanks for joining us. We love us. you guys. Thank yeah. you so much. Thank you, Amy. Thanks, Amy. Thank Thanks, you, James. James. <laughs>